0: Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to The Bridge Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you will hear are both uplifting and challenging. Welcome to The Bridge. Alright, students excited to be with you again from the main sanctuary i'm looking forward to of course being with you in person but in the meantime we will not stop running after god seeking after god and growing in the knowledge of his word. So i'm so grateful i even still get to minister to you in the platform that the lord has given us i'm so grateful and uh, i'm just going to take a quick time out from the service itself and we're just going to just pray right now for our church's leadership and uh, the decisions that are in front of Pastor Mark and the rest of the elders. So let's just take a moment to pray right now in this moment. God, I love you. God, and I never want to be a Christian that grumbles or complains. Optimistic culture, a culture of joy, Father God, and trust and faith in you right now, God. So let us contribute that to this situation that we're in right now, God. God, I pray over Pastor Mark. Give him wisdom. God, I pray over the elders, God. Give them wisdom, Father God. All the people that are involved in making such critical decisions, God, I'm I'm so glad it's them and not me, Father God, because that weight is heavy, Lord. So God, carry that burden with them and help them simply submit to you and obey you just like they are doing and going to continue to do, Father God. And it's in your name I pray, amen. All right, students, so... We're going to be in John chapter 8 in Genesis uh, tonight, so uh, my advice to you is go ahead and just hang out in Genesis, because that's going to be the dominant region that we are in. And I'm going to introduce to you right now a new series called When the Devil Knocks. And we're going to be in this series for the next three weeks, and tonight's teaching is called The Deceiver. Now, uh, I don't know if any of you guys at home watched the Michael Jordan docu-series called The Last Dance. I watched it religiously. I was thinking to myself, if only I did my devotion as faithfully as I watched the series, I'd be an even better Christian. Um, I'm kidding. I think my devotions are much more important than this thing. But I loved it, and I watched it. And one of the things that did, in fact, make Michael Jordan the greatest player of all time, not LeBron James like a lot of my students, thanks, is the fact that he persistently studied the tactics of the opposition. He consistently studied the tactics of the enemy. This is one of the things that made him great. We're going to be studying the next three weeks some of the tactics from Satan. And tonight we are looking at the truth that he is a deceiver. Now, in a series like this, a lot of us could get creeped out or a lot of us could doubt something like this. But I want to give some caveats before we start We won't live in fear, but we will also not live in ignorance. We're not going to live in fear or doubt of the Lord's power, or his control in all of the world, even over Satan, right? We know that the God, Holy Spirit, who's within us is greater than that which is in the world. So we operate in full confidence, but we will also not live in ignorance of his power and influence in the world today. In the fictional novel by C.S. Lewis in the Screwtape Letters, One of the demons, this is a fiction story, but I think it's very profound, explains that we are most effective if Christians and people of the world don't recognize our presence. Satan doesn't want you to be aware of his presence because it is then that he can torment the people you love and torment you all that he wants to. No, we won't operate like that. We will know our enemy. But we still have to be careful with what we describe and label as spiritual warfare. For example, John Piper, he explains that we are quick to call some things demonic depression or oppression or possession or spiritual warfare. Or say, hey, that was Satan. Look at this bad thing that happened. When really, we got to be careful that we don't label something spiritual warfare that are really the flesh inside of us that we're called to crucify. We can't label something spiritual warfare that we're called to crucify. For example, if I'm rude to my wife, Brianna, that's not necessarily spiritual warfare as much as it could be me not submitting to the word of God, right? We need to make sure that we get this accurate, that we get this right. So let's go ahead and we're going to start in John chapter eight, and then we're going to go back to the beginning in Genesis. So let's read. And you can read with me on the screen if you like. The devil was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. You see, we're learning tonight that Satan is the deceiver. He attacks us with lies. See, my brothers, when we were growing up in Grant, they used to dig holes in the front yard and they would dig these four foot holes. This was uh, pre-smartphone. So kids had a lot of time on their hands, right? So they're like, oh, cool. I'm just going to dream up how I'm going to injure my younger brothers, right? And so they would dig these deep holes in our front yard and then they would cover them with styrofoam or a sheet and then place palm fronds or other debris over it and then place my toys just beyond one of these holes that they had dug, And then when I'd go out in the front yard, they'd probably be waiting in the woods for hours, waiting for me to fall into one of these traps that they had set. And then next thing I know, I'm going to simply get my toy, but I fall into one of these holes. I'm looking up in the sky with a twisted ankle, hating and cursing my brothers, having fallen into the trap. And I'd be in these moments, be like David in the Psalms, pleading to God saying, destroy my enemies, which are my brothers. God knocked their teeth out. I'd be proclaiming over uh, these evil people in my life known as Joey and Blair, right? But the thing is, is that Satan is not deceiving us with booby traps, right? He, in fact, is going to wreck you in your mind, right? Why does he do that? Pastor Mark consistently teaches us that what we think, we become. So a man thinks, so he becomes, your mentality is your reality. So therefore you must, as the scripture say, put on the mind of Christ. Evil does not start as an action. No, it first begins as a thought. So Satan, he knows this. So he wants to trap you and deceive you with your thoughts. This is how he deceives us. Not with the, the traps like my brothers used to place for me, but no, he wants to trap you in your mind. and You can't let that happen, Christian. So let's go to the beginning. Let's study his tactics. How did the devil lie to Eve? See, the deceiver, you can read with me on the screen, the deceiver questioned God's word. That's the first thing that I see Satan do to deceive us. He makes us question God's word. It says in Genesis 3 verse 1, The serpent said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Right. Man, I think so often Satan comes alongside and he whispers, Does God's word really say that? Right? We might know a text and say, like, like, does that really mean what I think it means? Right? Or or it can't mean that. How are the spirits ministering to you about that word and you reject it? Right? But I don't think it's just that. I think often today in 2020, we doubt the integrity of the biblical text itself. We think that this text is old from thousands of years ago, and we don't know if these manuscripts that we hold today, we don't know if this Bible is in fact true. Is this really the things Jesus said? I think that's another way that Satan attempts to deceive us, is make us not only doubt the word of God itself, but doubt the integrity of the text that we hold. I believe that the word of God is perfect and infallible right and we must trust it as such so let's read on in verse two the woman said to the serpent we may eat from the trees in the garden see satan he knows that if he can get you confused about what god said or to make you doubt what god has said then his battle is already already excuse me partially won when you start to question you please read with me on the screen the goodness of god it's easier to disobey the will of God. You see, Satan, he comes in and he deceives us when we fall into the lie, when we fall into this deceit, that Satan is whole, or excuse me, God is withholding something good from us. Satan wants to lie to you and tempt you to believe that God is withholding his best from you, that he's in fact restraining you and holding you back from the fullest life when certainly obedience, that's what comes, is the fullest life in Christ. You see, you got to remember, uh, Satan, the deceiver, the, the serpent, he's, he's lying and he's twisting and he's causing Eve to doubt the goodness of God right now. And look how he's doing that. You see, Adam and Eve, they had access into the most beautiful, glorious trees ever, the best fruit of all time in the Garden of Eden. But Satan deceived them into doubting and trusting God had his best in mind for them and makes them simply focus on the one tree they were called to refrain from because God love them. Do you see how he does that? Man, instead of looking and celebrating all the things that we have to be thankful for, Satan comes in and deceives us and makes us believe that God's withholding his good from us. And we simply look at the things that God wants to protect us from. We're deceived and think, oh man, that those things are good when they're not. And then we forget about all the glorious blessings that God already has given us in Christ. It's one of the ways that Satan, in fact, deceives us. It says in the text that you will not certainly die. Verse five, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, verse four, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You see, what I see going on here is a partial truth and a partial lie. But the truth is that partial truths with partial lies that still equals a lie, which equals Satan. Satan here we're seeing is that the deceiver is twisting God's word now. So the next thing I want you to see with me on the screen is we must and we can, and we're called to defeat the deceiver. It says in Ephesians 6 verse 17, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We're called to take that up. Take up the sword of the spirit. God has given you heavenly weapons. It says in Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Hebrews 4.12. But you know what the truth is? We have this beautiful, immeasurably great power in the word of God, indestructible It won't be defeated. It won't be overcome. We have these things according to Hebrews 4 and Ephesians 6. Man, that's an amazing thing. But our problem is not confusion about God's word. And it's not doubt of God's word. You might think it is. And we do see, in fact, that 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 is how Satan operates. But honestly, I think our problem, Christian, is neglect and ignorance of God's word. Recently, I was at Dunkin' Donuts with my son, Spencer, waiting for somebody to arrive. And we were simply uh, sitting together. I was feeding him his bottle, and, and we were playing with some of his toys. But we were waiting for this person to arrive. And uh, I'm looking in the parking lot. It felt like for one second uh, to see if the person had arrived. then I look back down at my son, and he's covered in flying ants. And I was horrified for a moment. And me as his father, I picked him up. I started slapping all the ants off of him, right? Getting all these ants off of him, making sure that they were off of him. And then I began to strictly study and examine his clothes and his skin and his arms to make sure that there were no more ants remaining. See, I believe, remember, Christian, I said at the beginning that Satan He doesn't come physically at us always, but often, most often, he comes to deceive us and lie to us with our thoughts, right? Our own thoughts, our own wicked thoughts, right? But with the sword of the Spirit and the word of God... The father wants to examine you with his word, man, anything that's on you, anything that's attacking you, he will simply wipe off and rip away and get away from you and get it off you. Any lies that are upon you, he will remove. But if we're not taking up the sword of the spirit, that won't be happened and we will be covered in lies from the enemy. Without your sword, you will never be on the front lines of Christian battle. Without the word of God, you are ineffective in furthering the kingdom of heaven on earth, which you were called to do. Without the word of God, you will miss out on the thing that will thrill your soul with a sense of destiny. You miss out on your calling. You're ineffective. Man, but, but, but how do we fall into this trap? How do we keep on neglecting God's word? If we're not in the word of God, you will never experience the joy of Christ and all the victories he wants to give you in your life and all the victories he wants to give in your community. Satan wants to keep the word of God out of your brain because he knows that if the word of God is in your thoughts, you are indestructible Christian. So he doesn't want that for you. He wants you to be destroyed. C.S. Lewis explains again in uh, the screw tape letters, this dialogue between two demons talking to one another. And the demon says to his nephew demon, he explains, it's funny how mortals always picture us putting things into their minds. In reality, Our best work is done by keeping things out. And Satan's best work is when he can get you to neglect God's word daily in your life. For it not to enter into your heart or soul or mind. Man, the Satan, that's clearly how he operates. He knows that if you have the sword, if you have the word, his deceit is futile and God will win in every area of your life. And one of the things that it explains in Ephesians 6 is that the enemy is firing fiery arrows at you and you have to hold up your shield of faith against these things. But the truth is, I believe fiery arrows of lies are coming on you, Christian. You're not on the infantry fighting with the sword of the spirit. No, you've retreated. You're in the back and the fiery arrows of the demon archers are flying upon you and you don't have your shield of faith to defend it. But no, you're getting picked off one by one, lie by lie. And you don't have the word of God to defend yourself. If we're examining this, like we already are in the text that, that Paul is setting up for us as warfare, because it is, right? But imagine we are on uh, a true battlefield and you're getting picked off by the archery. You're not even in, uh, on the front lines in hand-to-hand combat, but no, you're in the back. You're in the back of the battle and you're just getting picked off by the arrows. Man, all you're gonna do is live your life in the medical tents. Needing help, needing healing, needing covering for your wounds. Instead of being extenders of God's healing, you constantly need healing yourself. Man, and we're gonna go through battle. We're gonna have some wounds along the way, But ultimately, I think the dominant fight should be consistent victory in Christ, consistent advancement in the kingdom of God. We have everything that we need for a godly life, Christian. But if we're neglecting the word of God, then then we're letting, we're choosing to let Satan win and continue to deceive us. I'm going to have Peyton and Matt come out as I read 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And it says, We demolish strongholds that set itself up against the knowledge of God. I don't have that text for you on the screen, but if you want to memorize that verse, I challenge you to do it. Look it up in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, memorize verses 3 and 5, Christian. It says that when the lies of the enemy stand up against the word of God, that they are demolished. It's not a fair fight, God and Satan. God will destroy and wreck Satan if you simply obey and I simply obey and take up the sword of the spirit. Satan will be demolished. So what are we going to do? We're going to know God's word. We're going to read it daily. A lot of the students, a lot of the leaders at the beginning of the year, we said we're going to read the New Testament U version plan. And I see you guys crushing it day by day. We just started in Romans chapter one today. Thank you, students. I'm proud of you. Keep it up. If you failed in that and you've given up on that, then start again today. Pick a new plan. That's okay. God's mercies are new daily. Don't be shamed, right? No, start again in God's word. And then with that, when you're in God's word daily, what I want you to do is find one revelation from the spirit that he's speaking to you in the text. And I want you to meditate on that text all day long. I want you to keep contemplating it. In Philippians, it says to contemplate God's word, meaning, man, we want it to be floating around in your brain. We want it to saturate in your brain. And then we want it to be digested in your soul so that you can stand up against the fiery arrows of the enemy and so that you can live the fullest life in Christ, full of joy, not not in ridicule and not in shame and not in pain and not as somebody who is defeated, but we want you to be a defender of the weak. And you do that when you're in God's word, consistently contemplating it and consistently being in it. And you're free, your soul is free. Man, I think sometimes our souls are so tired, our souls are so weak because we're not in God's word and we're not gazing on the majesty of God. That's where rest for your soul comes from. You need rest for your soul, Christian. Second thing is use it. When a lie comes in, demolish it. Remember, like a good father, man, when I saw the ants on my son, I, I, I freaked out. And I started getting these ants off of him as quick as I could, right? And that one ant bit my son. Man, that's how the father is. The moment a lie comes in, you demolish it. You pick it off. And the last thing I want to leave you that, with this, Christian, before we enter this song of worship, is I want you to be the loudest preacher you know, empowered by the Holy Spirit, right? Man, you, like, like you're going to learn things from me, praise God. And you're going to learn incredible things from people like Peyton and Katie and Kevin and Candace and all the other leaders, right? And, and Pastor Mike and John and Alex and Caitlin. You're going to learn incredible, incredible lessons from them. Praise God, right? But the truth is that you have to preach the word of God to yourself in your own thoughts and in your own brain. You have to know it. You can't survive and thrive off our faith. No, it's got to be your faith, Christian. So you be the loudest preacher. You be your loudest cheerleader, not in, in, in positive thoughts that comes from the world, but in the truth that comes from the word of God. You start preaching to yourself every single time a lie comes into your brain. Anytime Satan comes and attempts to deceive you, we won't let it happen because we've studied the tactics of the enemy and we know how good and how indestructible our father is. Let me pray as we go into this song of worship. God, I love you. And I pray for every student that if they've been damaged by lies or if they've been living in lies, God, or if they've been doubting your word or or falling into temptation to twist your word, Father God, that that would be cast out by your name, Jesus Christ. That I pray for every student that they would right now in their heart and soul accept the challenge to be in the word daily and to meditate on it that they would stop believing lies and they would start choosing your truth, that they would be the loudest preacher that they know to themselves, Father God. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the freedom that comes from it. God, I hate being paralyzed by lies and things that aren't true. It happens to me all the time. I constantly have to rip the arrows from me, rip the ants off of me. But God, when I use your word... I am free, Father God. I pray for freedom for every single student, for every single leader. We love you, Lord. Now let's worship you, let's celebrate you, and let's be in gratitude, Father. And Father, it is true that all of our fountains are in you. God, they're not in my next vacation. God, they're not in my entertainment, God. God, is not even in my family whom I love, God. But Father God, all my fountains are in you. God. I pray that all of us, we keep on drinking from your well that will never run dry, God. I pray that the word of God becomes better to us than any food, God. That we hunger for your word, God. Let that be so for me. Let that be so for for the student praying for me right now, God. That we hunger for your word and your righteousness more than food itself, Father God. And in that, we know we will be satisfied. That's in your name we pray. Amen. Students, we, uh, as you know from last week, we switched over to uh, our Zoom groups. I'm no longer using Skype. So please use the same link we've always been using, uh, linktr.com ee slash we are the bridge same link we've sent out every week and now go and hop in in your zoom group the password's available for you um and if you want to do it the easier way just go straight to our instagram profile but let's go in family groups right now and let's talk about it i love you and uh we're here for you contact us see you next time thanks so much for spending time with us if you'd like to know more about the bridge please follow us on instagram at we are the bridge also if you need prayer feel free to send us a dm Otherwise, tune in next time.